This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to your latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Paul Gorst. There's no Ian Doyle today or Joe Rimmer, so unfortunately you're stuck with me in uh, hosting duties. But to make up for that, I've got with me our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, as uh, I feel obliged to say, James. It's, uh, of course, James Pearce. Hello. Hi, Paul. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Friday afternoon and all that. We're cracking on, aren't we? And uh, to my left, or right across from me, is uh, the latest signing to the Echo Sports Desk. It's uh, Sean Bradbury. How are you? Hey, well, mate. You OK? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, only one place to start, really, I suppose. Um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. First Liverpool appearance for 11 months today down at Derby County. He lasted 41 minutes of uh, what was meant to be 45. Brought off as a bit of a precaution, James. Um, what's, what's the latest on him? Yeah, I, I, Liverpool don't seem particularly concerned. I think... Um, you know, he he felt some tightness in his hamstring towards the end of that first half. Um, so you know, they, they, I think common sense prevailed, and straight away they made the change. So rather than playing the entire first half, he came off about four minutes before half time at Derby's training ground. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing to do with his knee. Um, you know, I think it's to be expected, isn't it? I think when you haven't played for that amount of time, regardless of the intensity of the game, I think you know it. It's you, you know it's it's so different than a normal training session. So um, yeah, a little bit of tightness in the muscle. Um, I'm sure he'll have a scan over the weekend just to check that there is nothing uh, to worry about too much with his hamstring. Um, but yeah, just you know, I don't think it takes away from the fact it was just fantastic to see him back out there in a Liverpool shirt. And um, you know, I think you could tell he was kind of playing within himself and. You know, easing himself back in gently, but there was still some, you know, some real moments of quality. One, yeah. in particular, crossfield pass to Ben Woodburn, where you know I don't think he even really looked up; no. he just pinged it. With his left foot as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just pinged it, kind of forty, fifty yarder right onto the end of Woodburn's toe. And um, yeah, I think the big thing for him and for Klopp and for all the staff going forward now will just be, you know, will it will have to be a bit of patience, just because. Um, you know, I think some people maybe thought that because he was on the brink of this return, you know, we'd even see him maybe in Munich next week or Fulham the, uh, the following weekend. But that that won't be the case. I think Klopp's made that crystal clear that it will be you know after the international break before we see Oxley Chamberlain in in the in first team action. You know, regardless of what that scan shows uh, over the weekend. Sean, it was uh, Oxley Chamberlain's first uh, first appearance in the Liverpool share for 318 days. Um, some people have kind of thought that maybe his comeback has come at a great time for Liverpool when they're faltering a little bit and he can be the one to provide a bit of fresh impetus. Um, others have said that um, we're not going to see the best of him until next season when he's got a pre- full pre-season under, under his belt. Uh, what, what camp are you in with regards to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain? It's a difficult one because I think with, with some of Liverpool's recent issues in midfield, you know, stifled creativity... Uh, lack of goals as well for midfield. You know, you 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 wish him well. You really want to see him come back as soon as possible. And it looks for all the world like he is the the, the missing link at the minute in midfield. Um, but yeah, I think it was realistically there wasn't that much you could expect from him for the rest of the season. Any, anything we do get from him is probably going to be a bonus. Um, so I think today's comeback, like Jay said, there were some some nice moments, some uh, decent touches from him. Uh, you know, some good passes, but. I think it's probably for the best that it was quite low key. Fingers crossed. Obviously, all is okay with the uh, with the scan, and there's no no serious injury. But maybe there was an element of of some of the fan base getting the hopes up a little bit too much because of you know what the, uh, recent recent yeah. concerns with the midfield. So, um, you know, if 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 Liverpool fans get to see him make a couple of appearances and 
come off the bench in a big game, maybe, and you know, really lift the crowd. Uh, I think even if that is what he's able to contribute this season, it could be it could be pretty big. Yeah, Liverpool under twenty three has come away from that one with a with a three one win if you if you run away. Um now talking about senior matters, Jürgen Klapp had his uh, Melbourne press conference this morning, James. You were down there with, with Doily. Um he had a bit of a message for the supporters, didn't he, ahead of uh, Burnley's game? <laughs> he did, yeah, yeah, yeah. No drinking on Saturday night <laughs> and uh lights out by ten PM yeah. was his message. I think um you know, I think I think he's he's gone on record a few times, hasn't he, is expressing his dislike for these early kickoffs. Um because as we know, you know the atmosphere can be pretty flat at them. You know, midday isn't isn't the ideal time to kick off. Although, um, I think it was telling the fact that you know he didn't go back down that route again. He said, "You said, oh no, you know we've we've we're past that now. We're, we're past the, the the thing about worrying about kickoff times. It's fine, but you know reinforcing the importance of the atmosphere and 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 the fans playing their part because um, you know you rewind a." A couple of weeks ago, and you know, you think back to that Bournemouth game yeah. where you know the stakes were equally as high, and Anfield was absolutely rocking that day, and you know, it was decent for the visit of Watford as, as well. And again, you know, the fans were rewarded with a a really uh, complete performance, and, and now you know, hopefully, you know, Klopp, I think, was doing his uh, his rallying call today, hoping for hoping for more of the same. And you know, it was interesting hearing him, you know, go on about that, and also kind of shrugging off the significance of whatever City do on, on Saturday because, you know, there will be, obviously people will be looking at that on Saturday night, hoping for some kind of favour off Watford, although you know, in all likelihood I think it's it's unlikely, especially considering what happened to Watford at Anfield recently. Um, you know, they're not particularly great on their travels uh, of late, but, um, you know, Klopp you know, saying that, you know, forget it, if, if we're four points behind City, come kick off Sunday, you can't let that play on your minds you know, the only thing that matters for Liverpool this weekend, he said, is Burnley. Yeah. And he said, you know, taking care of that is going to be difficult enough without worrying about the bigger picture. Sean, do you think Liverpool fans are going to listen to Jürgen Klopp and, and get to bed with Andy with, with no, uh, no Saturday night bevying? <laughs> uh, no, I think best of luck with that one, Jürgen. Uh, um, but hopefully there's... there's um, what can happen on Sunday, despite the you know the early kickoff, which isn't isn't the ideal one. If if you look at it, all the potential kickoff times for a weekend, as from a fan's perspective, that's probably one of the one of the worst, isn't it? Yeah. Getting up yeah. early, getting out there on a Sunday. But um, hopefully the the atmosphere, some of the some of the recent um, atmospheres at Anfield have been have been great. You know, the, I think it was the Bournemouth one, wasn't it? Particularly where the, it was, the, yeah. the, yeah. the all the players came out afterwards, Trent and and even some of the opposition was it one of the one of the Bournemouth defenders who was kind of you know um, singing the praise of the atmosphere. I think if, if that that's the that's the big one for me now. There's only what five home games left to go in the league, and I know there's always that thing about how how much easier it is to to get up for a, a big European game or or you know United Everton whoever. Uh, but there's only five left. You know, I think just um, if if the fans can kind of put that put that kick off time out of their minds and just 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 give it everything. That's that's the best they can hope for. Whether or not they'll not have a bevy on Saturday, uh, which we'll, which we'll think of from them there. Yeah, I think you might be right on that one. Um, now about the game itself, um, Jürgen Klopp had a little bit to say on Dayan Lovren today, didn't he? Um, we were there at uh, Wolves, weren't we, when he came off after five minutes with his yeah. hamstring injury on January the seventh. Hasn't played since, so it's over two months now. Um, do you think he'll be part of the substitute bench, James? I think that'll be the best he can hope for. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Klopp said that he'd, he'd be assessed ahead of Sunday back in full training but only you know he only started again on on Thursday and you think you know, he hasn't he hasn't played for what yeah over just over two months now so um yeah I think you know he'll either come back into the squad for Sunday or for Bayern uh midweek next week I think 
the good thing is Klopp hasn't got to even, I think, think about rushing him back into the starting line because Joel Matip has done a, yeah. a decent job alongside Van Dijk. You know, if there have been issues and problems for Liverpool in recent weeks, they haven't been in that department. You know, what is it, four straight clean sheets in all competitions going into the weekend. Um, but yeah, it is a bonus. I know, I know Lovren, you know, divides opinion amongst supporters and he gets a, a fair bit of stick. But, you know, Liverpool have, have been lucky to get through this period where, you know, they have been down to the bare bones defensively and, you know, fortunate that Matip has stepped up and delivered and it just gives Klopp another option, doesn't it? And, um, you know, it's it's been a pretty horrendous season on a personal level for Lovren. You think back yeah. to him, he missed the first couple of months, mm. didn't he, with that, that pelvic injury yeah. that he had, that he'd been carrying since the World Cup. And, you know, he does miss you know, too much football. But, you know, I, I do think when he is when he is fit and when he, you know, when he is on it, he is a top-class centre-back. You know, you don't play in the Champions League final and play in the World Cup unless you are. Um, so, yeah, you know, he could still have a really important role to play. And obviously, Gomez, good news on him as well. Um, Klopp confirming, you know, he said last week that he hoped he would be back for Tottenham after the international break and pretty much backed that up today, saying that, um, you know, he said he's back running now 100%. Um, so on course for that, you know, the at the back end of March. So... Yeah, the whole situation that he's in really, and obviously yeah. Oxlade-Chamberlain back and Brewster, I think only a, a few weeks away from potentially playing for the 23s again. Um, so the only the only kind of one who's, who's a you know again and it's a it's a minor concern really is James Milner who hasn't hasn't trained in recent days. Klopp said he's been with the rehab staff. I think Klopp actually said before the Merseyside derby that one of the reasons he didn't pick him in the starting lineup for that was he he said he'd been carrying a slight hamstring issue. Um, he also said Milner knowing what Milner's like will declare himself fine yeah. for the weekend but I, I'd be surprised if we see Milner in the in the starting lineup on Sunday just because I think Klopp's got other options and you know we're buying on the horizon and then Fulham I, you know I don't think he's in a position where we need to take any risks yeah um, just uh, going back to Lovren for a second Sean uh, he's been at Liverpool nearly five years now um, he's yet to play 10 consecutive games um, he is injured quite a lot is it a bit too much of a stretch to say he's facing a pivotal couple of months towards the end of the season, or do you think his injury problems are just part and parcel of, of the player he is? It's a big question. I'd, yeah, I think you could you could make the case that this 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 running and um, how he performs in that could could define things for the summer because you know in, in quite a few pods so far when we've been looking ahead to what Liverpool could be looking to do uh, in the next window, like a centre back has been obviously one of one of the options that quite a few people have said. Um, Obviously, if everyone was fit, he'd, he'd be behind the pecking order already. In terms of Gomez and Van Dijk being being one and two now, you'd say. Um, and like Jay said, like Matip has had has had a good little run. You yeah. know, with all these clean sheets consecutively, he's he's kind of got his form together. He's looked a bit more solid. He still had his dalliances into midfield, but I think <laughs> Liverpool fans are just gonna have to get used to them, aren't they? Yeah, like, he's yeah. never, never going to stop mark. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think you're probably right. If there was if another centre back came in, and I suppose the the one would be the fitness of everyone else and, and you know Gomez in no way would you say he's necessarily an injury prone player I think he's just been very unlucky with with, yeah. with, with big injuries um, but yeah there might be a, a situation where Lovren maybe thinks f- for game time does he does he go and become a first choice centre half somewhere else which I think he could do he's, he's he's good enough isn't he but that the stat you've just said there about his, his unfortunate inability to, to string together those those kind of runs of games um, yeah might mean that, that he could you know could be moving on the summer mm. Uh, I'm moving on to a, a good mate of Diane Lovren uh, that's Mohamed Salah 
uh, best of friends on, on the Instagram and so on, aren't they? Um, Klopp was talking a little bit about him today, wasn't he? Um, if he doesn't score against Burnley, it's his, his worst ever run as a, since coming to Liverpool. Five ever games without a goal. Um, but Klopp didn't seem too worried, did he? No, he was he was asked whether he'd felt the need to kind of have a, a chat with Salah this week about um, his form and in particular, obviously, those two guilt-edged missed chances in the Merseyside derby because... You know, he had the chance to kind of be the hero that day and wasn't able to to take it. But I think Klopp said what you'd expect him to say publicly. To be honest, you know, he, if if he has any concerns over Mo Salah's form, he's certainly not gonna gonna broadcast them a few days before a, a crucial game for the club. But I think he's, he's just been a real mixed bag, really. I think because mm. you know, you, of course, he has gone four games without a, without a goal. And you know, I think he only went th- the most he went last season without a goal was three games. So I think even that only happened twice. And this is the second time this season he's gone four games without a goal. But, you know, in that run, he was absolutely sensational against Watford at Anfield. So it's not as if he hasn't been making a a contribution. You know, he absolutely tormented that left back for Watford that night. And, you know, I I thought that was up there with his best performances of of the season. Up there with probably Bournemouth away in terms of, you know, his absolute genius at work. But, yeah, you know, I think strangely, and it seems to have been more an issue away from home actually, just just a bit of a lack of confidence. I think, you know, United away was arguably his worst performance for the club. You know, he got taken off, which was very rare for that to happen in a game when, you know, it's goalless and you need a bit of magic from somewhere and you take off yeah. arguably your biggest match winner. And then at Goodison last weekend, you know, the the two chances he missed, I think if he's in one of those hot streaks that he has, I think he takes both of those chances with a minimum of fuss. But, you know, the first one, he ends up going too wide and gives Pickford the chance to save. Second one, he just delays it and gives Keane the chance to make the tackle. So, um, yeah, it's hopefully, you know, we will see Salah back to his back to his best on the weekend. I mean, Anfield does tend to, to bring out the best in him. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's no doubt that Liverpool need him, you know, because I think... I think it's going to be a tight game on Sunday. You know, just the way that Burnley are, you know, they'll be set up to frustrate yeah. and, you know, break the play up and try and ensure Liverpool don't get that momentum going. And, you know, you, you need you need your big players to stand up and deliver in games like that. It seems, sure, it seems strange to be talking about Mohamed Salah in these, these kind of tones when um, he scored 20. Um, OK, he's not going to score the, the 44 that he scored last season, but you get them... Seasons once in a generation at Liverpool, don't you? Ian Rush was the yeah. the, the last person to, to get anywhere near that. Obviously, he scored more, but it, it, it's a strange conundrum surrounding Salad, isn't it? It seems to be one that's that's kind of dragged on for the whole season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I think the kind of comparison to Aguero, there was there was stats knocking around um, the week or so ago about the, the goals that Aguero scored in big games this season and against like the you know the, the rest of the top six, if you like. And that hasn't really gone that way for Salah this season. And you know. The, I guess Liverpool's results against those other sides haven't haven't all been brilliant, but but yeah, I, I think overall you're right. It's fans and everyone's just got to see the big picture. If he was able to hit the heights of last season again, I mean, that would have been almost a miracle to to kind of repeat yeah. that, especially with the extra attention I think he's had this season. That that's one of the things for me over over this this past run, all all the performances. While some of them haven't been that bad, like like Jay said, that the Wofford game is probably the best he's ever played with, without scoring. Um, at least he was getting in the position to get the chances against Everton. You just, you know, hopefully the next one that falls is where he takes, and then you know that that kind of sparks him up again. But but at United, you know, Luke Shaw was all over him from from full back, and it, you know it was it was there was not a lot of space for him to operate in. And then the other game in that run, of course, is, is Bayern, who, as we all saw, kind of came to Anfield 
with a with a pretty defensive game plan, which is you know they're, they're right to do, but made it more difficult for Liverpool's forward players. And yeah, if, if you look immediately before that, Salah was. I think he got got four goals in in the five games before that, and he was you know he was he was fantastic. So um, yeah, I think we'll we'll see him back soon enough, and, and fingers crossed that uh, starts again on Sunday. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. They're looking ahead to Sunday in the opposition dugout is a, is a certain Sean Dyche. Um, <laughs> self-confessed Liverpool fan. He's, he's come out and said today how, uh, how, how much of a fan he was growing up and he idolised Kenny Dalglish and, and so on. But he's got got a bit of previous with Jürgen Klopp, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he didn't seem like a Liverpool fan at Turf Moor back in December <laughs> yeah. when they were like a pack of dogs uh, going after Liverpool players' shins. Um, the uh, Yeah, I think that adds an extra dimension to it. I know Klopp played it down at Melwood today he was adamant there was no lingering bad feeling there but you know it's uh, there aren't too many managers that Klopp's uh, you know come come into loggerheads with to that extent during his three and a half years at, at Liverpool and you know that got pretty tasty back in December I mean I was in the post-match press conferences that night when you, you know I think we all saw the footage at the time where you know there was there was a heated exchange between them a few seconds after the final whistle and uh Initially, Dyche wasn't willing to say what what his issue with Klopp was because you could you could tell he was fuming, and subsequently it turned out that you know he was angry at Klopp moaning in the ear of Mike Dean, the fourth official, apparently saying that you know you need to stop that this you know they're endangering my players with with these challenges that are flying in. Klopp was then a lot more open and expanded on that in his press conference, and then you had the thing where then the following day Dyche then came out and called Sturridge a cheat for yeah. diving. Mm-hmm. Um, then he came out with all kinds of rubbish about how, you know, the the great Liverpool team that he admired had that physical edge. You know, he's saying that that physical edge, you know, it begon- belongs to some kind of bygone era and how sad that is if you're telling me that tackling is no longer an art and all this. And and then obviously then you add Klopp, then then kind of absolving Ben Mee of blame for breaking Joe Gomez's leg, which yeah. I think, you know, that was a that was a robust tackle. But for me, you know, I don't think you could... I, you know, I think that's one of those ones where if you're a, you know, if, if you're a fan of that particular club, one of the players does a challenge like that, you're punching the air in delight. It was just, it was just massively unfortunate for mm-hmm. Joe Gomez the way that he landed and the, he ended up breaking a bone in his leg, which has kept him out a lot longer than it it really should have done. Um, but then, you know, added he, he absolved me of blame, Klopp, but then went on to say that he stood by everything else in terms of, um, you know, you know the, the lack of protection afforded to the players and. Uh, I'm not happy with Burnley's approach, so yeah, it'll be. I think although they were playing it down today, that does add you know, a bit of extra spice to yeah. Sunday. Um, you know, and it'll be interesting to see whether Burnley go with the same approach. I think. I mean, they're they're probably in they're in a better spot now, aren't they, than they were then? It felt like back mm. then. Yeah, I think they'd only won twice all season back then in December, and they were they were right in the thick of it, weren't they? And it it was almost like kicking lumps out of Liverpool was their kind of only way they felt like there was their only way of even trying to compete and since then you know they've had a decent run to pull themselves I think what they five points clear of the drop zone now you know and although you know they get beat by Palace was that last last weekend which is yeah not not a great result for them but um yeah, it's uh, and the funny thing, yeah, Mike Dean is actually the fourth official again on Saturday. Oh, is he, yeah, on Sunday. That right? So um, <laughs> yeah, he might want to bring himself some earplugs because uh, it could be uh, it could be as lively on the touchline as it is on the pitch. Uh, Sean Klopp, uh, Klopp v, v Dice in the ring. Uh, a few boxing gloves. Use you your money on. I'd probably have to 
probably have to back Big Sean there. Yeah. Do you reckon? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, Klopp's got the reach, bounce. hasn't he? He's six foot five, but yeah. Dice is just a, a real tenier, isn't he? I'd have my money on Dice, but I'd be, I'd be hoping for Klopp. Oh, yeah. He's all mouth Dice. I think. Yeah. yeah. Klopp would be all right. Um, <laughs> Burnley have, have made it difficult at Anfield the last two seasons. Um, going back to 2017, I think it was around about this time, actually March time. Um, Emery Chan got the winner, I think. It was a really tough game for the Pool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously last season was one all draw. So it's not a not a gimme for the Pillars on Sunday. No, no. Um, the one thing I'm just looking here now at Burnley's running. Um, hopefully they're thinking now like the next couple of games they've got to have a little go and maybe that'll play into Liverpool's hands because they have got Liverpool and then Leicester at home, Wolves at home. But the last the last four games, Chelsea, City, Everton, Arsenal. So. You know what? What do you say, anyway, Jay? Five points. Yeah, five points clear of the, yeah. So maybe they, you know, they, they they think they've got a free hit for a few games, and, they, and they, they've they've got to try and pick up some points now because because that that running's uh, yeah. not not looking great. And yeah, they they've been a funny one for them this season. Like Jay said about that, how how slow a start they had, and they pretty much got a similar squad to last year, but just don't don't look as solid. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they if they come and try that approach, or or we see the kind of. You know the, the Burnley have been letting quite a few goals in the, for for the, for the last few months of the season, um, but yeah, I, I think if, if Liverpool can kind of channel anything like the the attack and play they had against Bournemouth and Watford, they, they should be all right on Sunday. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Liverpool really need to to get back to the way they were against Watford, which was returns a form of, of maybe December when they, they were going on that incredible run. Uh, it's obviously just started drying up a little bit, but they could do with getting back to that. That performance against Watford, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's been part of the preparations this week in terms of you know the, uh, the the clips and analysis and the team meetings and stuff and trying to replicate that kind of fluency. I think probably easier said than done in terms of this particular game, probably because I just don't. I think I don't don't think Burnley will be as open as as Watford were on that occasion. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know that that has got to be. The, the level that Liverpool are aspiring to, I think, um, yeah, it's just been a real mixed bag, hasn't it, the, the last few weeks? Because you know, I know Klopp stood accused of of not being positive enough. You know, he was, um, you know, he talked about that today as well, and you know, was adamant that Liverpool had enough chances to win the derby last weekend. And you can, you can, you can kind of see his point of view with that because you know he's right. You know, if Salah tucks away those those two chances, nobody's talking about whether Liverpool were, yeah positive yeah. enough on the day you'd be talking about a gutsy derby win so um but yeah the intriguing thing for me will be what he does selection wise I mean you know, written a few pieces this week about Naby Keita and Zerdan Shakiri and you know their their lack of game time in recent weeks I think you know I'd be surprised if he went with the same midfield again obviously you know he filled the same midfield at Old Trafford and at Goodison both occasions Liverpool didn't score you know, both times, you know, in the aftermath, there's fingers being pointed at, you know, was it creative enough? You know, was it too conservative? Um, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised if we saw Fabino Henderson win Alden as the three mm. on, on Sunday, just because I think, you know, I, I, I just think on it's, it's this kind of game where Burnley will sit back and, and you need, you know, whether it is a Shakiri or whether it is a Cater someone who is has got that ability to go past a player and, and, and create something out of nothing. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, that's, talking about the midfield, it seems as if Klopp didn't really want to... Maybe, maybe it was a trust issue with the likes of Shaqiri and Keita, but he certainly wanted a, a bit of a you know a stay in the midfield for, for Old Trafford and Goodison Park. But uh, Burnley at home, this is probably the chance for, for one of them to, isn't it, on Sunday? Yeah, definitely. I, I think... That- 
I, this would it's the one for Katie for me. I just think um, in in those two home games, certainly certainly Bournemouth probably probably his best performance in the red shirt so far. Yeah. Um, and yeah, well, actually, did he did he play in Watford or he just came on? Came on one, very late yeah. on, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once the game was gone, basically. That yeah. was it, yeah. Um, but even against Bayern, I think he, he faded a little bit, but he was he was okay. Um, and and most of that recent run, he's he's had um, he's been on the kind of on the fringe of of you know getting goals and assists. Uh, West Ham, Leicester, uh, Palace. I think he maybe even did get an assist, didn't he? Did he set up for me? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he'd be the one for me. And then I guess it's a question of just who who slots in around him, whether whether Milner makes it um or Wan Alden. But but yeah, I think it's definitely time to uh, let them off the leash again and get get Cater involved. Yeah. Uh we've uh, we've got to touch on this. Um the, the big news coming out of the Premier League today is that uh, uh, was as many as twelve Premier League clubs have written to, to the league um almost demanding that uh, Manchester City looked at for financial fair play and, and they've uh, Premier League have confirmed earlier today that that is now the case. Um it's an interesting one in terms of how it directly affects Liverpool, if it does at all, in terms of the, the title challenge. Um, what, what, what do you make of it all, James? I mean, yeah, I think you're right. It is difficult. To, I don't think it has, you know, the only potential impact it has on the title race is, is whether all the talk acts as some kind of distraction for City mm. in their games. I don't think it affects Liverpool in terms of taking care of their, their own business. Um, but yeah, you know, it is. You know, the, the, it started off, hasn't it, with, you know, I think initially back in, what, November time when the yeah. Spiegel's first yeah. kind of, um, you know, allegations surfaced from these leaked documents. You know, you had a situation then when FIFA was saying that they were looking into it. I think then the FA, then obviously yesterday we had uh, UEFA announcing their investigation. Now the Premier League. So, uh, yeah, that's the quadruple. The, fir- the first quadruple <laughs> for City uh, done. The, uh, hopefully they don't get the second one. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's difficult. I think you know I think all of these uh, governing bodies obviously felt have now felt the need to you know these allegations are so serious that they have a duty to look into them and to establish whether whether rules have been broken and and ensure that punishment follows if, if they if they have been. Um, you know the question at this stage is we don't know is what kind of ramifications it will have for City. I mean, obviously. What was it? Five years ago now, where they got fined? Was it forty nine million? million but I think yeah. thirty two million yeah. pound of that was suspended. So you know, seventeen million pound fine for you know for big violations of FFP rules in you know by, from UEFA. You know, it was hardly anything more than a slap on the wrist, yeah. really. Yeah. And um, you know, there's been you know it's interesting, like the Premier League saying that they're not only looking into the FFP violations, but also breaking rules over academy recruitment, and you know that. You know, I think that must stem from the from the claims that came out about this illegal two hundred thousand pound payment to Jaden Sancho's yep. agent mm. um, when he was fourteen. You know, there's been other stuff about them breaking rules over third party ownership with a club in Denmark and having access to. Um, you know, I think the owner there has links to a, an academy in Africa, and um, you know, there's there's been all, all kinds of things. And then obviously from the De Spiegel stuff, we had the you know the things about. Whether whether there was you know them not being upfront in terms of sponsorship money, commercial money, and the own, even a situation where almost the owners are almost paying themselves money for some of these deals, and then the other one where they were setting up this other account to avoid um, image rights going through the books in terms of being part of the yeah, wage bill. Yeah. So um, I, I suppose the only thing for me is. That, these things tend to take so long to investigate. Mm, yeah, like yeah. I, I get the feeling that the title race will be long, long 
sorted out, but you know, before any any of this gets con- concluded, because you know it's it's a legal process and nothing ever works fast with that. So, um, yeah, it's you know it's, it can only be bad news for City because yeah, it's yeah. It, it's mm. it's damaging headlines and negativity they they could do without. But you know, I. I don't think we're going to see a situation where they suddenly get hit with a 10-point penalty yeah, in, yeah. in three weeks' time and, and Liverpool are <laughs> champions by Easter. <laughs> Liverpool run away with the league. Yeah, I mean, in terms of points deductions, it's, um, that, that's not going to happen this season, is it? But, Sean, I mean, it, it must have some sort of, not a completely destabilising effect, but it must impact them somehow negatively, and, and that's definitely to Liverpool's benefit, however marginal it is. Yeah, I think so. I mean, probably not one that... The, the players are going to take on board too much and, and, and be distracted by but I think you're right you know, the, the, the club in a wider sense um, it's something that, that will be lingering over them especially as, as Jay says if it is something that rumbles on and takes time um, and given their, their previous kind of transgressions if you like and the, the, the big fine that was that was meted out a few years ago if if the allegations are found to be founded I don't know what happens in these situations it's all kind of a little bit uncharted territory yeah, yeah. isn't it? particularly it, if, when there's the Premier League and UEFA, and, and you know, it's yeah. not just obviously the the one body who, who, were, who were gunning for them, is no, it? Absolutely, they're, they're the line to investigate, and you know, you wonder if it was a second strike, would, it, would an example be made in these situations? Weren't QPR given like a massive for, forty fine million fine? QPR, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, but uh, any Liverpool fans hoping for a, a point deduction <laughs> are unlikely to have that wish uh, brought brought to for the rest of the season. Uh, just looking back to the, to the Burnley game, then um, we've kind of touched on the midfield and, and so on. But uh, when asked for, for your respective teams, uh, I think Allison probably just about keeps yeah. the shirt in golf. Um, yeah, I think I think. The midfield is the only real mm. area. I think. I mean, it's it's the, the it's been the issue every week, hasn't it? Yeah. that's been the, the one real thing where you you can see changes. Yeah, and I I agree with what Sean said earlier. I think this this game for me looks like it's absolutely made for Naby Keita to come back in. I just think um, you know you, you Liverpool need a bit more dynamism in midfield. They're at home. I I could understand and. I, you know, I kind of defended Klopp's decision to go with the midfield he did at Old Trafford and at Goodison because I could see the sense in going for experience and solidity and and wanting to establish a foothold in the game and then backing your your front three to do the damage and you know, but for missed chances that would have paid off at Goodison. You know, to be fair, it never looked like paying off at Old Trafford. Um, but yeah, this is a different different type of game. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd be tempted to go with Cater. Fabino Winaldum, I think I'd go with as 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 my three. I'd, um, I don't think I'd play Shakiri as well. I think I'd probably stay with the four three three, and then and then obviously you'd have the. I think obviously Firmino's had a a full week training. Yeah. I, know, I know he wasn't great when he came off the bench at Goodison last weekend, but I think I think I'd have him back out there playing through the middle and Mane and Salary the side. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with Jay about the, the back line and, and, and further forward. And like you guys have said, the midfield's the one, isn't it? Mm. I'd I'd say definitely Cater, definitely Fabino. And then I, mean, I was thinking kind of before the derby and then, because it wasn't a vintage Wijnaldum performance in the derby, is, is it time for a little rest for him? Um, but then if, there's, if there are concerns around Milner as well, maybe maybe Genie's the better bet. Um, so yeah, I think I'll, I'll go with uh, the same as Jay. See, I was thinking, as, as James was talking then, what I'd do, and I'm not sure whether I'd actually put Keita and Shikari in 
on Sunday. Um, both, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe that means Fabinho dropping out. He's been in great form, but whether he, he'd be needed. Um, I just think it, it's an, an attacking lineup, isn't it? And Liverpool will, will definitely be on the front foot on Sunday. And then you've obviously got the, the front three. Um, and uh, predictions, I know you're always uh, sunny side up, James. So <laughs> are you saying four or five nil? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think Klopp was something Klopp said today. You know, I think what I thought was right in terms. He said, he said from the analysis they'd done. You know, even when Burnley lose, they tend to be in games. It's quite rare mm. that Burnley get you know, a, a, get a walloping. Because um, I can see it being tight. Yeah, I think I think Liverpool will have too much for them. But yeah, I'm going to go two one. Two one. Sean. Uh two nil. Two nil. I'm gonna go go uh, go with you on that one, two nil. Nice comfortable Solid. afternoon and uh look ahead to, to what's gonna be a big week next week. Um right, that's uh, pretty much a lot for uh, for the, uh, today's Blood Red. Um join us on Monday when we'll be picking through the bones of uh, whatever happens at Burnley and looking ahead to uh, to a certain game in Munich. Thank you. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.